Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. So welcome back, everyone. Uh, We know we're at a slightly different time today. Uh, So many things going on. It's that time of year. We have uh, book talks and and podcasts and so many things that uh, been involved in, and so today is no different. Uh, we have a very special guest with you, uh, someone who I am just uh, so anxious to talk to and get caught up on that I met a long time ago, dare I say, before she went to college. Um, and so um, I'm just super, super proud um, to introduce to those of you who don't already know her. Hopefully a lot of family and friends are, are tuned in. Um, but a lot of you out there don't know this um, person I'm about to introduce to you, someone who um, is, the, is a, a graduate of Harvard College and uh, founder of an organization uh, entitled The uh, Disruptive Truth. And so we're going to have her talk to us a little bit about um, kind of her pathway, what led her here. I have so many things that she's going to have to catch me up on because it's been a long time um, uh, since we talked. But um, education is in her genes and uh, has been has been an educator and led some really important initiatives. So uh, I am I am really. Um, uh, proud to introduce you. And Jen, you're going to have to forgive me if I butcher your last name, but Jen Franks, a go-to. Is that is that close? <laughs> it's close. It's close. It's aha go-to. Aha go-to. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you so much. Sure. And so, so, Jen, uh, I, you've got to catch me up on everything you've been doing. I know we can't go all the way back to before, before uh, um, college, but... Um, I would like to know, you know, a little bit about how you got here. Um, I know there were some things that you were working on uh, in New York City schools, the Learning Partners Program. And so what, what exactly led you to this point of disruptive truth? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love this catch-up, too, because... You know, I know you said not to, you know, we're not necessarily going to spend a whole lot of time yeah. in the past, but, um, yeah. you know, I I just remember, I remember when I met you, yeah. right? And it was, uh, like you said, I think I was a senior in high school, which is when you and my mom were um, at TC together. Yeah. I'm um, getting your doctorates. And, and I literally, like, remember coming into your home, I think it was in, um, I think it was in New Haven, New Haven and I remember yeah, your two yeah. young daughters and yeah. and I just remember how much my mom really, you know, loved and respected you and and how, oh, you know, beautiful. warm and welcoming you were yeah. um to us when we when we came. So I just I just, you know, I want to put that out there because yeah, yeah. I know that it's been a long time. Yes. 
Um, but you leave an impression, Brian. You leave an impression. <laughs> so, um, so you know, so you know, when you invited me onto the podcast, it was it was a very easy yes um, to have this conversation. And so, you know, since then, I mean, I, I think, you know, I always like to think about like what is like that foundational thing that has or that thread that has really tied all of the different things that I've done to this point together. Um, and I I don't know. I really think that um, I I really am a truth seeker. I think that's 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 one way to put it. It's like that I'm just looking for um I'm looking for things that help me to understand the world in a more profound way that help me to be a truthful person and to and when I say truthful not that I you know was a liar before but no. just to to understand more deeply um you know what we're all here for and what we're all meant to do. And so in the beginning that was through education and you know so I was following in my mother's footsteps um, and started out in New York City public schools. Let's see. Yeah, I was working in Brooklyn and East New York um, in an elementary school dual language program. And I was teaching kids in English and teaching kids in Spanish and um, just really loving education. And um, and I, I, but I, you know, along that path realized that the thing that I loved was um, sort of building these magical worlds with children in doing um, project-based work, right? So there was something about, like, creating something new and not just, like, following the textbook, but really um, learning, um, you know, what was really resonating for all of us, right, the teachers and students and about um, about about the world and about how we could engage with it. And so fast forward to that, um, you know, I, I worked in a number of different places. I was in ed- ed- the education space for 15 years and variety variety of different roles. Um, but my most recent role was, just like you said, with Learning Partners Program, and um, that was amazing. That was a program that was located in central offices, and it was at the time when Carmen Farina had come in as yeah. the chancellor, and she said, we're le- letting go of competition, and we're all about collaboration, and you, you know, this team at Central, you're mm-hmm. going to, mm-hmm. you know, start my signature program, and here are a couple of notes about it, and go to work, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. it was very much like, okay, we understand the assignment, and now, how, now we get to create right? And we get to really like dig deeply into, well, how can schools collaborate and what does that look like? And then try it and then break things and create, you know, other systems around. I won't go into all the details, but Mm -hmm. just super creative work where we really got into, um, you know, what is is the truth about collaboration? What Mm -hmm. really um, goes on behind the scenes when you say, let's collaborate and let's work together? And it's very, it's complicated, as you can imagine. Um, Absolutely, absolutely. Um, But then a real important truth um, that came out was that there were a lot of, there was a lot of racial tension, Mm. a lot of racial tension between schools, between, um, you know, uh, 
administrators and teachers and students, and depending on, you know, there are a lot of um, complexities around schools and districts, of course, um, and then you add that layer of race onto things, and um, there's a lot to unpack there. So um, in our last, gosh, um, we were a couple of years into this program when we finally layered on racial equity to, um, to the program. And that, that was actually where I came up with the idea of disruptive truth because we really dug into who are, you know, who are we as, um, you know, in terms of our identities, what does that mean, how to really relate to each other, how do we go into the 250 schools that were part of this program at the time and help them navigate not only the academic pieces but also the racial um, equity pieces. And this was back, you know, pre 2020, um, and we were doing that at scale in a way that was, you know, the big, uh, the largest scale work of that kind in a school district um, at the time, and, and you know, um, and so that was where I actually got to speak my disruptive truth, um, and you know, I'm happy to tell you more about that. But um, and then from there, I moved on with my own business. I tried out. Uh, a number of different things and eventually landed on wanting to support black women to tell our disruptive truth in order to um, in order to change the world is really what it is but it starts internally and then moves externally from there yes and yes. yeah yeah well let me tell you when I when I first heard about you doing this and the the work was around disruptive truth as so many of us do first thing i did was what google and so i i was unaware of how much people had been talking about and describing uh the power of di- what they what they refer to as the power of disruptive truth telling and so i've been doing since since i invited you a few months ago um, that I've been I've been reading and and thinking about it, and there was even an article where someone said um, uh, wrote an article about why a woman's truth telling is so disruptive, and so it was just so fascinating about um, this this notion of disruptive truth. And I know you recently did an initiative with Black Women Women and Degrees, and so I I just with with everything that has happened both, uh, I, I just would say um, in the last four years or so, just thinking about being brought into the forefront where people have actually been naming the, the power that black women have brought uh, to political spaces, to, um, to, uh, what has been framed as the saving of America um, in terms of showing up at the voting booths and, and doing the work. Um, But to hear you also name it unapologetically um, about the fact that what you, what you believe is that uh, it it is something that needs to be celebrated. And so I'd love to hear, uh, and I'm sure people also listening in would love to hear about your stories around why this and why now? What is it that made this this uh, disruptive truth, uh, this burn for you that had to happen, 
now and that has been such a welcomed and, and received so well by so many people uh, at this time? Yes, I, I love that question. Um, I will say that it started with my own personal awakening, and I think that, that listen, there are so many things in the world to be disrupted, changed, improved, evolved. Um, and so to me, the most important thing is that you feel a really deep connection to it, right? Like at a, like a, a soul level, at a legacy level, at just something that is deeply important to you that you almost have no choice but to put it out into the world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? So I am always somebody looking for that. Um, and I would say, so Disruptive Truth in particular came through a challenge at um, this job that I had because, you know, I I was in a situation, so I was working on a team and, um, you know, there were a couple of layers of leadership and, um, and there was there were a number of different races of people and and i you know without going into too much detail about it i here's what it is brian it's that for so many years i felt like i was trying to be perfect right so i'm definitely like i can't, i i was a perfectionist for a very very long time and I used to think that if I was just a little bit more perfect or a little bit better, that, um, that you know, I would get sort of like the, I don't know what it was, because it was a bit like subconscious as well, right? But I was trying to be perfect, and I think that now that I understand that better, I understand that there were ways in which people were dismissing me and yeah. then I felt like if I was more perfect, then that's not going to happen anymore, or I will feel worthy. And, of course, you never get to perfection. And then uh-huh. if you never get to perfection, then you never feel worthy, right? And so it right. was in the, the context of this, this you know, team dynamic where we actually started to have conversations about race, where we started talking um, consciously about these things, that I realized that I was doing that. I really didn't know I was doing that. I did not understand how much I was compensating for something that really was not my fault, right? That was a societal thing that was happening around me, microaggressions, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was through that, going through that and really unpacking that, and listen, it it included um, tears, (laughs) it included apologies, it included all the things, but, but, the first time that I would say that I actually spoke my dis- what I now call my disruptive truth was when we were all together in this community, and you know, we I've been having conversations with people um, in smaller groups, and now was a time where I was being challenged to speak that disruptive truth of I am being microaggressed by people who I am meant to support, right? That I am meant to help. And how, and that is exhausting for me and very difficult and um, and it's not right. And and I was saying that to people who were doing that, right? Yeah. And I was saying, I've said that to the entire group, and I have never felt so um, probably nervous 
uh-huh. in my uh-huh. probably in my whole life and more empowered in my entire life. And I was like, that's I want to do more of that, and I want to help other people do more of that. Yes. And what did you see that do um, by you kind of releasing that that truth, if you will? Um, what did you did you see it immediately, or was it something that you had to? sit back and watch kind of take root and, and manifest. Was it, cause I, I just think of it, it, the possibilities that in terms of managing expectations, maybe it was one of those things where uh, you didn't, you didn't have any expectations. It, it kind of just came out and then you saw the benefit of it. But um what 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 did it do when you when you released that? Yeah. So it was a very personal thing and the way that I describe, you know, one of the ways that I describe a disruptive truth is that to an extent it's a self-expression mm-hmm. without trying to um control the response. Ah. Like you actually have to free yourself from what the response is going to be. Please in order that to speak that I gotta truth. Stop you. Please say that again. Say that again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so when you speak your disruptive truth, it is in it is self expression and is it is independent of the response. Mm-hmm. Um whatever the whatever the response is is what it is. You are yes. just it's coming from your heart, your soul. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The reason I asked you to say that again, because that resonated with me just now in a profound way. Um, uh, about two years ago, I, um, I had started uh, writing a book, and um, in the middle of it, I, I stopped and I said, ah, this is too much of, of my story in this. And I went to a couple of colleagues and trusted um, authors, award-winning authors, and I said, you know, this story is about uh, largely experiences as an African-American uh, professor in Ivy League institutions. And, um, and so there's some experiences that I want to share. Um, I think what I have to do, and I, I came up with this whole research protocol to justify and show where it wasn't just my experience. You know, this is what everybody, and he said, stop. What you're doing is you're feeling like it has to, it has to be something that people agree with you about. Mm. Your experience is your experience. And then they said, then another one of my colleagues said, well, this is precisely like you, you're doing precisely what you've been conditioned to do, which is you seeking someone else's validation of the experience you had and have. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so stop. And so what I hear, so it's like regardless of how people receive it, um, I hear you saying, say it. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that you can't have diplomacy intact and you know all the things that are necessary when it's necessary um but that that when it comes to the truth that needs to be told 
for you against whether these aggressions, and some of them are not micro, by the way. (laughs) Some of them are just aggressions, not microaggressions. But these things that happen, that putting a name on them, uh, releasing that um, is, is very important, very, very important. And what, what I have taken from what I, what I see um, in what you've written and said through your organization is that, uh, that this is something that you are encouraging black women to embrace if I'm not mistaken, that's, that's, that's largely what you are, are doing in your organization. That's right. In yeah. fact, it's imperative. We need to do it. We need to do it for our own emotional health. We need to do it for, um, you know, whatever dreams that people have, the things that they want to pursue. Like, so when I told this disruptive truth in this setting, First of all, you could hear a pin drop. You asked, you asked before, you know, how, like, I forget exactly the words you used, but it was like, well, what was the response? How did it happen? Yeah. Like, it, it was like immediate, yeah. the okay. response. Mm-hmm. And um, you could hear a pin drop, and people never, it completely changed the way people responded to me, both the, um, the black folks and then um, folks of other races as well. And, um, yeah, it would, the way people treated me just was never the same in the most mm. positive way mm. um, that I have ever experienced. People, right. they, 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 the gravitas was gravitasing, yeah. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, so, and, and, and so you are now, tell me the ways in which you are working with, with others to um, to to be able to accomplish this, and mm-hmm. I guess I would also ask: Have you had other groups of women um, who have said to you, "Yeah, that's been my experience too," and and what about what about us? Is it mm-hmm. is it about women yeah. um, also? But I know yours is specifically focused on black women but right, um, right. but but you know what uh i guess what is it that you you would say about that yeah you know that's that's a really interesting one and that's a question that you know who is this for is the question that i grappled with for for a long time for years actually yeah. um yeah. because originally when i started my business i was um i i worked primarily with women, although I worked with some men as well. Um, I generally attracted black women, you know, um, who saw themselves in part of, you know, who I am. And um, and I think so, but, but I was always wondering, you know, when I, when I, you know, put that stake in the ground and I say, this is who this is for, this is what this is about, who, did, who is that person for me? And it did take me a while to get to this is for black women. And, yeah. you know, because there are there are so many different people who you can help, and there are so many um, people for whom the idea of a disruptive truth or a world record or we have, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, yeah. 
that it applies to everybody. It's not like it yeah. doesn't apply to everybody, but the cultural specificity of what it means to a certain group of people is actually, to me, that's very important because it has to be what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you know, and I think there's a real theme around here of actually focusing on ourselves in order to do more good in the world. So mm-hmm. it's been very interesting, actually, because because since I've focused in on black women. That means so much to me that the way mm-hmm. that I show up and the way that I talk about it is so is is magnetic and and attracting all kinds of people, right? Oh. Like you yeah. you reached out. I'm talking about black women, but you know you reached out for us to have this conversation. Yeah. Or I know other women who are like, wow, you know, I'm learning so much about myself and my leadership. Or people who are thinking who who've said, um, I really want to see this for black women and i'm not a black woman and that's not my experience but and i can't you know um engage in that community in that way but to watch you do that i want that for the black women in my life right so so i think that you you know going through the process of who do i serve is the most important thing it could be whoever you want it to be Yes. As long as it's who you, um, you know, really want to serve fully um, with your, you know, with your whole heart, and then, um, and then other people can still engage with it, learn from it, and support it, and we Absolutely. all benefit from doing that. Absolutely, and that was the that was exactly what I was going to add, and benefit from it as well. Well, you know, it may be um, selfish reasons, but I. I definitely, with my daughters, I wanted them to also know, so I've sent them your information um, for your website and what have you, because I want, if if there's anything I could say that I want more than it is just that I want them to have the, the space to be who they are and not be limited by what other people place on them. And so they, that they can say the kinds of things they want to say as much as anyone else can, but not, not feel limited because they are black women and that it wouldn't be appropriate for me to, to move into this space or another space or say this or, or, or own this or not. Um, that, that those, that's a real um, hope that I have for them and, and I think this, your message um, is, it gets you there. Um, it's, it's one of the things that I think they, that if incorporated will help them uh, be successful in their lives. Um, I, I was really, I, it really struck me uh, and I just after I saw the initiative you had, I'd love you to tell me, um, what made you think of that? But your 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 world record, um, Black Women World Record event. Tell me tell me a little bit about that. How did how did you come up with that and and your outcomes from that? Yes, yes. Um, so like like I said, I'm always you know seeking truth, right? Looking for those things that um, that really get me closer to. What it, how it is I want to serve in the world and what the world is really all about, what we're here to do, what we're all here to do, really. Um, and so along that path, I have a lot of conversations, and, I, like, I love building relationships, I think, is really key with 
all different kinds of people, right? Um, and so I had met this woman who um, who also has her own business, and, and we had gotten to know each other in just a, uh, you know, an entrepreneur's group. And she conducts these world, she conducts world records, right? So she has her own company. It's the only female-led company that is, um, you know, that is adjudicating world records. Her name is Crystal Davis from Extreme Excellence World Records, so go look her up. She's amazing. And she and I got to talking, right? And so here I am thinking, okay, like I've got this idea, Disruptive Truth, and I, you know, what is my next project? Like what's the thing I want to do next aside from sort of the coaching that I'm doing and some presenting and things like that? And so we just got to talking, and we started talking about, again, like this on the legacy level, right? So when you when you are talking with other people who are really big thinkers, just crazy stuff can come out of that, right? And and really wild and imaginative and like so what I'm trying to say, Brian, is that I did not necessarily start off this year saying, Well, I'm gonna do a world record, right? But it was through kind of interactions with other people and linking into that energy of like we're here to do big things, we're here yeah. to do you know legacy level work, yeah. that then you know it took shape, and so it t- took the form of just like you said, Black Women World Record. Yep. Um, we led the first, um, a world first record for the most number of Black women. Um, uploading pictures of themselves with their graduation certificates onto social media in 24 hours. It's a mouthful. But essentially, uh-huh. <laughs> women, black women from around the world um, posted, so we posted pictures of ourselves with our high school graduation certificate, with our associate's degrees, with professional certificates, with just ev- anything and everything that represented our educational achievements yeah and we posted those onto social media with the black woman world record hashtag so we could track it and in 10 weeks we got 3,527 registrants on the day of we we conducted it on september 8th which is ruby bridges birthday Uh very intentional there we had 894 individual posts of women and made 1 million uh, 1.43 million impacts. So that means that 1.43 million different people on the internet saw right. our content. Wow, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So it, yeah. yeah. So for your listeners, if you go into Facebook or Instagram and you put in the hashtag Black Women World Record, you're just going to see a flood of Black women with their graduate just woman after woman after woman, story after story. Um, and it's just this massive visual representation of, I like to say, of who we have always been that doesn't, yes. that we don't always celebrate for ourselves. In fact, we rarely celebrate for ourselves. Yes, and that yes. within the cold, larger cultural narrative, we hardly hear about it all. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you for that. Now, what is this? <laughs> Seeing and hearing uh, buzz about uh, a documentary. What is this about? Oh yeah, Brian. Listen, I go big. I go big. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so, so on September eighth, that was the world record itself, right? And that's yeah. that we um, 
we it was a world first record right so it's something that it had never been done before so we you know we were the first ones to do it everybody who participated got a their own certificate and um are they are no everybody who participated is also a world record holder so i'm the world record laureate but everybody who participated is also um part of that and and has you know if you go check the hashtag you'll see you'll see all of it yeah and yeah. then um so from there the you know September 8th has come and gone right and so the next thing is to really um we have big plans to share this with as many people around the world as possible like the whole idea is to affect the lives and make an impact on the lives of black women and girls 10 generations into the future uh-huh. And you can't do that on one one so you know one day. And so our next project is to create a documentary, and we're already in production on that of the uh, on that documentary that tells this story of the community that was created, the Black Women World Record, telling some of the stories of some of the you know the women in our community, my own family's story, my part of my you know my mother's story. Yeah. I have two daughters of my own. Just our story about our educational achievements and what what that means to us and to the world. And so, yeah, we're working on the documentary. We've got a an in-person event in Washington, D.C. in February where we're going to be doing a lot of filming, and the idea is for it to come out in spring, summer 2024. We're going to screen it. Awesome. That is great. Well, listen, no, we're already past our time, and we, we oh. have so much more that we can catch up on, so we're going to have to – make a commitment to do that and um uh certainly uh you know here in New York City or 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 elsewhere um we we will definitely have to get more but what I'd like you to do is to share with people uh where they can follow you support you what's next I know you told just a little bit about where uh the the next project you're working on but uh how can they support you and and follow what you're doing. Uh, any social media handles, email addresses, websites. Please share that. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, we have our URL blackwomenworldrecord.com. So you can go to blackwomenworldrecord.com, and that will um, give you more information about the project. Um, and you can join our community from there. We have a growing community of amazing women. Um, and with the documentary, as you can imagine, we're looking for support, right? We're looking for money in order to be able to produce it. Um, so if anybody's, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you are inspired by what it is that we're doing and you'd love to help us bring that to the big screen, to all the awards and the, um, you know, uh, the streaming services and all the things that we plan to do with this, um, please do reach out. I am at Jen Franks Aha Go To everywhere on all the platforms. Um, and my email is Jen at Jen Franks Aha Go To dot com. So I'm Jen Franks Aha Go To in all the places and Black Women World Record dot com. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Um, and if there's anything that uh, we can we can do to be supportive, uh, please don't hesitate. I'll be reaching back out to you because I'm sure there are um, a number of of places here on our campus that would welcome 
I'd love to have you around. Um, and so my regards, I know um, my, my dear friend, Carol, is listening. I already know. And so hello, Carol. And, um, and everyone out there, uh, just know that we're, we're pulling for you, uh, Jen, and, and just look forward to talking to you again soon. So until we talk and see each other, go well, stay well. Thank you, Brian. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.